In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I always try to do my level best to imitate our risen Lord. That's whenever I sort of get together with a group of people, one of my first questions is, do you have anything to eat? Which explains a lot why I look the way that I do. And of course, to enter into that great mystery when our Lord opens their minds to the scriptures, I would simply remind you, uh, just two reminders, that book that I handed out on Ash Wednesday, The Case for Jesus, is in essence the opening of the mind to everything that referred to Jesus and the prophets and the Psalms and the Law of Moses. Also, it's what I concretely addressed in particular on the Good Friday and the Easter Vigil sermons, which are up on the website. So I don't do that as advertisement, but I'm not going to do it in this particular sermon, make all of the references to the Messiah, Jesus Christ, because, again, you can sit in your easy chair and listen to those podcasts and recordings or whatever and, and do that. What I want to focus on is this amazement and the showing of the hands and the feet. That all of the prophecies that God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of your fathers, who sent Jesus, the Messiah, whom you put to death, the author of life, and God raised, is not a sentimentality. Look, look and see. The holes in the hands. Now remember, the start of the passage, it says the two disciples recounted what had taken place on the way. We heard that scripture last Sunday. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus, whose hearts burn with them when they walk with Jesus on the way. And then when he's about to go on further, they say, no, come spend time and eat with us. Once again, that's why I feel a little bit comfortable the way I live my life, because the risen Jesus seems to be eating all the time. I look forward to the red. Some theologians say that when you, at the end of all things, when you rise from the dead, you get your resurrected body is the perfectly glorified body when you're 33 years old. All right, well, I was, man, was I good looking at 33. I mean, I'm almost dropped it gorgeous now, but not quite. You get the whole point. Anyways, this encounter now becomes this spending of time that see my hands and my feet. Because you, you see, and I'm stealing an analogy that I found some, that, I, that I heard somewhere. I mean, you can imagine human life is like being a sailor on a ship in a vast sea. You didn't see the beginning of it, and you don't see the ending of it. You just know when you're on the boat, and you're surrounded by water on all the sides. And so many of us are like if that sailor dipped their hands and held some water of the sea and said, this is my existence, this vast sea in which my life rests. I scoop it up and I try desperately to keep it in my hands. And of course, some people have bigger hands and some people have smaller hands. Some scoops of water are just pure and crystal and easygoing. Some have little difficulties in them. But you know what can't happen? The water is never held. It slowly drips out. Some hold on white-knuckled tight, and the water lasts a little longer. Some are profligate and open their finger, but it all, and it's just this constant loss. 
when the real call in Christ Jesus is not to grasp onto that cup of water and just white-knuckle it. My prestige, my state in life, my house, my little tchotchkes that I collect, the desire to have an easy life, or, or whatever, vainly holding on. When the real call is to just jump into the sea. What does our Lord Jesus say to his disciples? Cast out into the deep water. Whoever saves his life will never lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Look at my hands and my feet. You know it's me because I'm pierced through. In a sense, when you look through the hands of Jesus, you see the infinity of divine love. You don't stop there. And let that be the call, brother or sister. Again, mediocre Christians are, generally speaking, boring, miserable people because they're hedging their bets. They're not willing to risk anything. They create nothing. They celebrate little. They become nostalgic. I just had this encounter with my mother. She has all these little bits of junk, these old plastic framed pictures of Reggie White and Brett Favre and all these people from the glories of the early back, which was totally great and awesome and nice. We had great times. Anyone who was there, it was awesome, no doubt about it. But they're sitting on the floor of her house collecting dust. And why can't she get rid of it? Because she can't let go of sentiment. Her children are right there. Again, I'm not, I love my mom. She's the best. But I'm saying her children are right there in front of her. But she's still holding on to little. And so many Christians are like that. Hedging our bets when the real call is fall into the heart of Christ. Always the Mass on Sunday. A daily life of prayer. A study of the sacred scripture. And I know I love him because I keep his commandments. No bet hedging. No cutting corners. Diving in. I see that risen hand with a big hole in it and I say with great love and devotion, per there. Or better yet, I fall down like Thomas and say, my Lord and my God. Sometimes I sin, but I've got an advocate in Jesus Christ who hears my confessions through a priest. And I go back out, and I don't cup that water in my hands. I jump in to the divine life and the divine love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.